Hello, I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Brookings Health System and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning, Laura. Always good to be here. Yeah, thank you for being here. I, I understand our boys were camping together on Friday night, right? Yes, husbands and sons yes. were all out camping down at Palisades with Boy Scouts, so I think they had a chilly but uh, fun time. Right, yes. It sounds like, yes, cold, but they had the appropriate gear, yeah. so... They were prepared. To, yep, they were prepared <laughs> like good scouts. So that's good. Fun that they can get out and do those mm-hmm. things um, to get outside and enjoy these fall days while we can, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, tell us about um, our topic this week, Dr. Yes. Cruz. So this topic is, is talking about elder care. So how we as family members can help our parents, grandparents, uh, family members, people in our lives that we care about, neighbors, as they're getting older and maybe needing more assistance, whether that's, you know, just helping them get the mail, get to doctor's appointments, or, you know, to the extent of them moving in or living with you, or talking about when is it time to make that transition to, like, assisted living, nursing home, you know, those sorts of options. Right. Uh, and who are your guests this week? So I have Dr. Joseph Rees, and I um, he is from Avera. Mm-hmm. And then from Monument, I have Dr. Priscilla Bade. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So a couple. Um, do they both kind of focus on that elderly yep. care? So he okay. is uh, internal medicine. Dr. Rees is internal medicine and geriatrics. Um, and Dr. Priscilla, I believe, is also... Um, internal medicine okay so, yep very good when we think about elder care who do we who's what is elder care who are we talking about so we're talking about basically people who are in that retirement usually we're thinking like you know 80s and and above needing um you know more assistance there is such a wide range of what people need because i know people in their 90s that are still driving and, and going on cruises and and very active and then there's other people who you know, need nursing home care, need 24-7 round-the-clock care. It all depends on, you know, their physical health um, and um, whether they've been affected by things like dementia. Mm-hmm. So hearing loss, vision loss, that may require them to get more assistance. When we're talking about elder care, are we talking most, are you talking mostly about, like, volunteers, uh, people who aren't maybe hired or being right. paid to do this, exactly. right? Exactly. We're talking so. about the family members. Usually it's the eldest daughter or the daughter-in-law mm-hmm. of the eldest son that seems to be, or the, the child that's closest to mom and dad, you mm-hmm. know, so um, by geography, because a lot of ki- people are spread out. You know, there there may be a, you know, son and daughter in Connecticut and one in California and one down in Texas, and but there's one son or, you know, one child that's still here in South Dakota that may end up saying, hey, mom and dad need more assistance, and they step up and do that. So, yeah, we're talking about these non-paid, non-professional, non-trained people that are taking care of family members. Right. Uh, I'm thinking about my grandpa right now. He lived to be 101, uh, hardy farmer <laughs> from southwest Minnesota. Um, but 
uh, you know, we had several, I had several aunts and uncles in the area, but one great thing my aunt did, um, she took on a lot of, a lot of the care, uh, especially of his home and, you know, his clothes and laundry and all that. She had a notebook that she would just leave in the um, kitchen. And then Mm -hmm. if anyone was there, and did something, you could just make notes there. Uh, I thought that was such a great idea. As an adult, I didn't really notice it as a kid, but as an adult, I'm like, well, that was a good idea. You know, the days the sheets were washed or Mm -hmm. groceries picked up or things like that. So as different people popped in and out, they could kind of keep track of what was happening to help take care of grandpa as he needed a little more assistance with some of those things. Definitely, I mean, that's a wonderful idea. And actually I'm going to bring a a caregiver journal to the show and we can kind of show that to people what that's Oh, that's like. a thing. That is a thing. Yes, okay. actually a doctor friend of mine actually just published hers because she was taking care of her husband who had terminal cancer and unfortunately just passed away this this past week. Um, so she says very bittersweet for her book to be released the week her husband passed. Mm-hmm. But um, that was a way to keep track of, you know, doctor's appointments, what happened at the doctor's appointments, what medications he's on, allergies, all of this in one area. And then, yeah, who came over and brought a casserole? Who brought over, you know, a card? Who uh, came and visited, you know, yeah, what day, you know, were certain things done? What day did he have physical therapy? When home health came, what did they do? So just one place to keep track of all of that so you can see what's going on. Because asking someone who's a caregiver to remember all of that, that's a big task, especially if you're tired and you've got a lot of things going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, today we'll be talking about elder care, but we're also happy to talk about whatever questions you may have. So give us a call now at 605-692-1430. 1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that someone in the United States has a heart attack every 40 seconds? A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack called an MI or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is elder care for families and caring for those people who are providing care to others. Uh, Dr. Cruz, what options do caregivers have for finding rest? Yes, so there is what's called respite care, uh, and that's where you can um, send someone. Usually it's uh, like a hospital can do a, like a short-term respite care. We did this all the time when I was working in Tyndall, where if a family is taking care of an elderly person and the family wants to go on vacation, like to Disney World, say, and this person is not in any physical condition where they could go safely, um, you could send, we would do respite care at the hospital where we basically took care of them um, like you would at, at a nursing home, but it was just a short term, you know, while they were gone on vacation. And then when the family came back, um, 
they would resume taking care for this person. So if you, you know, need a little bit of break, or we've had to do respite care when, um, you know, I've had two elderly couples and, you know, the wife is taking care of the husband. She ends up in the hospital. He can't stay home alone by himself and family is elsewhere and not able to take him in. So then we've had to put people into respite care, either at a nursing home or a hospital where they can do that and be taken care of while the other person is in the hospital themselves. Gotcha. So a short-term break. It's a short-term break. Yep. Got it. There's also, um, is there adult daycare available? There is adult daycare. Um, if you can find places, it's kind of, some places have it. It's um, not readily available everywhere. But yes, okay. that is an option for, if again, a lot of times people with dementia, it's not safe to leave them home, but you still have to go to work. So what do you do in the meantime is, yes, adult daycare is an option where you can you know, drop them off like you do with kids at daycare. They're taken care of by people with training um, that can help make sure they're, they're safe, fed. Um, any assistance they need with toileting is, is taken care of while you're at work. And then you pick them up when you're done with work and everyone goes home together. Gotcha. Yeah. It seems like a great option if you can find you can something find it. like that. And, yes, and I'm th- sure affordability is also mm-hmm. something to yes. figure out. So uh, when we talk about like national resources, mm-hmm. I know in your essay you mentioned there's some great national organizations mm-hmm. that give ideas like AARP. Yes, yes. All of these, you know, Council on Aging, all of these uh, resources are just a Google search away. You know, you just look, you know, caregiving assistance or... Like I said, several that I mentioned in the article have great resources for family members and caregivers um, of people. So, yeah, you have to remember well, it might feel very lonely in the moment. You're not alone. There are many other people in a similar situation. So reaching out to get ideas from others. Yes. And as our baby boomers are hitting that, now our Gen X, uh, my generations are the ones that are really needing to step up to help take care of their aging parents. Yeah. Are there support groups here in Brookings? or I'm not aware aware of any support groups here in Brookings, but that would be a great thing to get started. Right, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So always, we sometimes feel lonely, but if we start reaching out, we can often find that we're not the only one in that situation. Yep. What do you um, recommend when individuals are considering options for care? Uh, maybe staying at home or staying with a loved one isn't working anymore. So what what do you recommend individuals consider for options then? Well, definitely you can start by talking with your, your doctor or if the clinic has like a case manager or a social worker that can kind of help guide you in directions and say, hey, these are the options in the area. Um, but start making phone calls. You know, you can talk to the various assisted livings and a lot of times they will do an assessment and say is this person appropriate for this level of care and if not they'll make recommendations and say hey I think this would be a better place given the needs that this person has for their health care so you know assisted living is an option and a lot of these places have kind of the whole spectrum of care from like senior independent living where they may have like a communal meal together at noon um, up to assisted living and then nursing homes. So a lot of them have like a combination of all three, and it makes it very easy to transition from level one level of care to another mm-hmm. because you're already kind of in the system. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that one's really good, and they um, each facility kind of knows what their limitations are and what's safe. So um, they can definitely help guide you to which one of their you know spectrum of care would be most appropriate for 
each individual person. What are some of those factors um, when you start to deem things not safe? Even if you're maybe at home, mm-hmm. let's say you're at home uh, yep. and a, a family member is providing, when is it like, okay, this is maybe not the maybe not the best option yep. anymore? So when you start having uh, more complications, falling, you know, worst case scenario, someone's fall breaks a hip. Um, when you're not able to get someone turned frequently and they start getting sores on their bottom, pressure ulcers on their heels on their bottom. Um, you know, frequent illnesses, when they're not able to take in nutrition, uh, you know, and they're just kind of becoming more emaciated and, and weaker, um, you know, frequent infections, frequent ER hospital visits, that's usually a sign that they're not getting quite the care that they need at home. Um, also, you know, looking at mental health and, you know, are they doing unsafe behaviors? Are they wandering out in the street in October with just a t-shirt and no shoes on. You know, that would be concerning. Are they driving and they just blew through three stoplights and didn't use their turn signal? Are, are we concerned about their safety with that? Are their reaction times not right? So, um, and then are they aware that they need help? You know, because the, the safety awareness is a big thing that um, speech therapy does when they do a cognitive evaluation. Do they know um, are they aware that there is concerns? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, with especially with the early stages of dementia, they have no awareness that there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. 605-692-1430. Look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, and whole grain. Aim for a healthy weight. If you're overweight, even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar. Get physical activity. Try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate-intensity physical activity, such as brisk walking. Manage your ABCs. A, your A1C test. B, keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90. And C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. We've been talking today about elder care and some of the resources and options available with that. Dr. Cruz, what options are there for someone specifically with dementia and what unique challenges come with that diagnosis Mm -hmm. and care? Yes, so with dementia, there are special um, what are called memory care units where, especially for people that we have concerns about wandering and them, um, you know, being unsafe and not being aware that they're 
you know, not dressed for the weather and getting outside. That is usually those are more what we call locked units where they keep them safe inside where they can't get out and, and hurt themselves. So the um, memory care units are have people that are kind of trained with dealing with dementia and uh, learning how uh, kind of the most important is how to redirect patients with dementia uh, because the area of their brain that's responsible for reasoning and logic has died. So you can't reason with someone with dementia and that that's where we have to end up kind of redirecting them you know if they're insistent on um, doing something that's harmful or dangerous the the goal is to redirect them to a safe activity where they're not going to hurt themselves or hurt anyone else Uh, because you can't just say hey that's very dangerous you can't do that because that's not going to process or or make any sense to that person um and a lot of times they're, they're looking for family members, they're looking for loved ones um, that may have died. I mean, that, that happened with my own grandmother. She's like, oh, her, my aunt, she's like, Jean never comes to visit me anymore. I haven't seen Jean in a long time. What's wrong? Jean had died mm. like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people think you have to like reorient them and say, well, guess what? It is this year. It's this date. Jean died 10 years ago. Every time we told her that, then she grieved fresh, like it was the first time she had heard this. Mm -hmm. And it ended up that, you know, that's not, that's not kind. Mm -hmm. So sometimes reorienting them to the present reality is not it doesn't serve any purpose because she's just going to suffer every single time we reorient her and say, guess what, Jean died. Mm-hmm. Guess what, Jean died. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not fair. I mean, would you want to have that initial sting of learning the death of your child every day? Mm-hmm. So um, what ended up being the, the kindest thing for her is to say, you know what, Jean's off at college. And she'll be home for spring break. Mm, mm-hmm. And but guess what? Tomorrow, <laughs> same thing. She didn't remember, but right. Jean will be home for spring break, or she'll be home for Christmas, or you know. Mm-hmm. And that gave her peace, mm-hmm. and it saved her from you know. And some people say, is it ethical to lie? I said, is it ethical to make her suffer with the knowledge that her daughter died mm-hmm. every single time she asks about it? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's. It's honest, but it's cruel. Mm-hmm. So um, reorienting, you know, do they have to know what day it is? No. Do they have to know what year it is? No. Do they have to know that they're in a safe environment where they're being taken care of? Absolutely. So um, if we can reassure them that they're safe and they're taken care of and redirect them to an activity that is safe and, and cared for, that's the biggest thing that we can do for these people with dementia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really great to have those really specialized opportunities for people to get care. Because mm-hmm. as you said, it is a unique situation. It and is. If we can have some people who are well-trained in that. Because mm-hmm. it's good. very easy to unintentionally make it worse mm. and uh, cause harm to yourself or harm to, you know, because some of these elderly gentlemen, they've got quite a strong right hook still. Sure. Despite being mm-hmm. 80, they are strong. Mm-hmm. So you do have to be careful because a lot of these, you know, nursing home aides are like college young college girls or high school girls i mean mm-hmm. th- there's no match mm-hmm. and, and these gentlemen you know and even old ladies my grandma was was also kind of a little feisty at times sure, yes <laughs> and and was had a penchant to strike out as well uh, but you do have to be careful keeping the staff safe as well as keeping the residents or these people with dementia safe 
um, because they don't realize what they're doing. They're reacting in what seems to be a logical manner for them. Um, and there is a lot to learn about dementia, too, of how people react and how to best treat and help them. Mm-hmm. Care caregiving even at home in some of those earlier stages of dementia, I'm sure, uh, is a unique challenge and can be heartbreaking, as all yeah. as all can be. But um, Very dementia f- seems to be yes. one that really can be difficult. Yep. And it, it seems like people with dementia, their world gets smaller and smaller. At first, they're comfortable everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And then they may only be comfortable staying in, in their town. And then it may be only comfortable staying in your neighborhood. And then they may only be feel comfortable and um, in their own house. And then it may be actually down to like a room where they Mm. feel comfortable in. And anytime you take them out of that environment they feel comfortable in, that can agitate things or make things worse as they're trying to make sense of this world that makes no sense to them. Mm -hmm. So a lot to learn about if you're someone with that diagnosis. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's some great resources out there, but talking to your um, doctors is a good first start. Yeah, Yeah. to get get started on some of those things. Uh, We did have a question come in, and I'll just Mm -hmm. throw out real quick if anyone wants to call in with a question, 605-692-1430. This woman got her flu shot and a COVID shot yesterday, and her arm is really sore. She's taking Tylenol, but should she try ice or something else? Um, you know, kudos for getting your flu Yay. shot and your COVID shot. That's wonderful. I got my flu shot. I'm going to get my COVID booster uh, probably next week. Um, we took the whole family in to get our flu shot. So we just, all of us did it together in a, a sign of solidarity. And, and then uh, we'll do, I didn't feel like putting my kids through two shots sure. <laughs> on the same day. Sure. Just because my, my children, well, my daughter is fine with needles, but my son is very needle phobic. So, yeah. That works better for them. Uh, that works better for them and mm-hmm. my family. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, getting both together is absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, you can ice. That's that's fine. Um, it seems like mo- moving it, the more you move your arm, kind of rub it, that will help. Tylenol is a great thing. So I think you're doing everything right. Um, ice is fine and will help. But kind of the more you move it, the more you kind of uh, loosen up that spot where the shot was so yeah my arm's still a little achy too for my flu shot and that was on monday so yeah yeah i've heard sometimes they recommend you might even get your shot in the arm you use use most. more yes so you kind of work that because that medicine that uh, shot gets kind of all sp- pushed into one area and then you want it to kind of spread out and get <laughs> absorbed so so yeah moving it kind of helps circle stretch um, it out yep rub it and move around and yeah Yeah. okay well yes good job getting your shot yes congratulations thank you for helping protect us and yourself yes absolutely well it's time for us to go to our final break we thank you for listening to prairie doc radio on kbrk and on our podcast we have a few minutes left if you want to give us a call at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address 605-692-1430 look for prairie doc wherever you find your podcast we will return following this informative message from the avera medical group influenza has made its appearance if you have not received a flu shot get one now Symptoms of influenza are fever, fatigue, cough, runny nose, body aches, and decreased appetite. Generally, influenza makes you feel much worse than the common cold. If you have questions about influenza, call your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. 
Welcome back to Paradoc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Paradoc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. We have a few minutes left if you want to give us a call at 605-692-1430. 692-1430. We've been talking today about elder care and uh, some of those transitions as people are dealing with different health issues as they age. Dr. Cruz, let's talk about living wills and power of attorney. We've talked about those some in the past, but such an important topic uh, for you, for each of us as individuals to have control over some of those things that we might later not have control over, I guess, our our wishes, right? Exactly. So uh, a living will is basically where you write down and it's, you know, with your lawyer, you get it legally binding saying, this is what I want done in certain circumstances. Do I want to have artificial nutrition? Do I want IV fluids given? Do I want to have um, CPR? And this is where you can put in code status, which is what you want if your heart were to suddenly stop beating. You can put that into your living will. Um, You know, do you want to be on a ventilator if you are um, unresponsive? So all of those things that you kind of start and say, you know, this is what I would like. Um, And with these and with power of attorney, I think it's very important to let your family know, not Mm -hmm. just write it down on a piece of paper, but to have these discussions. So, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. Say, hey, guess what, kids? I filled this out and this is what it says and this is what is important to me. Mm -hmm. And this is my wishes because I I think it's a very hard thing when uh, us as physicians are talking to family members uh, for a loved one who can't speak for themselves what what would they want it's hard to you know is this what i want as a family member or is this is what my family my loved one would want and kind of separating those two and having it written down and black and white say yep this is what i would want done in this situation is very important but if family doesn't know about it and it's stuck in some drawer or file cabinet um we're not going to be able to honor it if we don't know it exists. So making sure that it's an easy to access place and that multiple people know where it is and how to get to it. Um, you know, take it and get it scanned in at your doctor. Now, if it's scanned in at the clinic, again, if I don't know if it, it's in the chart when you come to the hospital, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's, it's, I brought it to the clinic, it's scanned in. Okay, that that's helpful and now i need to know to go look for it but you know having a physical copy when you go into the er to the hospital is always a helpful thing it sure be nice if all of these record systems would communicate with each other would it 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 would be nice (laughs) if there was some central repository where we could just download it everywhere like we have with uh, vaccine records where you just upload it to some state site and everyone everywhere can download it as needed or search for it Mm -hmm. to see if there is one. Um, A durable power of attorney, there's two different types of power of attorney. There's a durable power of attorney for finances and a durable power of attorney for healthcare. So those are two separate things. So just because I can write checks for you does not mean I can make healthcare decisions for you and vice versa. So it can be the same person, but it does not have to be. Um, With my parents, I'm the one for healthcare and my accountant brother is the one for finances. Sure. Makes total sense. That makes sense, yes. Yes. So, but that doesn't mean that I can go to my parents' doctor's appointment and say, I want my mom to get this medication and this care and I don't want you to do that. As long as my mom is alert and talking. Sure. (laughs) If she is of sound mind and she can talk and she can make her wishes known, she 
I cannot trump her and say, I'm the power of attorney, therefore I get to make this decision. I am not the decision maker. I'm a surrogate decision maker if and only if my family member is not able to make that decision for themselves. Now, when it gets a little bit tricky is if there is some dementia and when is someone deemed incompetent to make those decisions for themselves. And that usually, at least in Wisconsin, it took two physicians to confirm that someone was incompetent to make decisions and the power of attorney was enacted. So it was a very formal process in Wisconsin. South Dakota, not quite so formal. Okay. Um, so it does definitely vary state by state um, with how these power of attorneys get enacted. But just because you have one does not mean you can come in and overrule and trump the decision of the family member who it's actually about. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Great reminders to get some of those things on our to-do list and yes. to communicate those things to our loved ones mm-hmm. and uh, make sure everyone's on the same page. Exactly. So when difficult decisions need to be made. There's some information to draw on mm-hmm. for those things. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to learning more about all of this uh, tomorrow night on yes. your television show, Dr. Cruz. Before we go, please do be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc, most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Tomorrow, October 20th, Prairie Doc host Jill Cruz will be discussing elder care for families, stresses, management, and resources to help navigate life's challenges with Dr. Priscilla Bade from Monument Health and Dr. Joseph Reese with Avera Medical Group Geriatrics and Internal Medicine. So tune in this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. As Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.